Um, when I was in middle school, this was back in Korea, that's where I'm, that's where I'm from, um, there was a guy in my class, and he was a great dancer. Now, this guy was so good at dancing that whenever he danced, no matter what the place, a crowd would instantly form to watch him dance. His signature move at that time was Michael Jackson's moonwalk. Now, does everybody know what the moonwalk is? Okay, because if you don't, I'm not going to show you how it's done. <laughs> I'm just going to assume that you know what the moonwalk is. Anyway, the crowd would shout out to him, do the moonwalk, do the moonwalk. And he would do the moonwalk. Again, just imagine, I'm not going to do it for you. And sometimes when he felt extra generous with his time, he would break it down for us to see how the moonwalk is, is done in step-by-step -step fashion. And more brave ones among the crowds would start imitating him and practice the moonwalk together. Now, something like that is going on in today's passage. Let me remind you what the today's passage is really quick. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God. Sorry, I'm just going to do it. But your turn will come. Your turn will come, I promise. Be imitators of God, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Of course, Paul is not shouting out to us, do the moonwalk, but he is calling us to walk in love. Or you could say he's calling us to do the love walk. And he breaks it down for us how it is to be done in step-by-step -step fashion. And that's what I want to meditate with you this morning briefly. How to walk in love. How do we do the love walk? Three steps. Step one, the practice of love. Step two, the pattern of love. Step three, the power of love for love. Again, the practice of love, the pattern of love, and the power for love. Now at this point, let's remind ourselves again what today's passage is. Your turn to shine. Please repeat after me. Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children, and walk in love. Thank you. Now, this is interesting. When Paul says, be imitators of God, the Greek word underneath this word imitator is the word we get our English word mimic from. So Paul is saying, be imitators of God. Be mimickers of God. He's saying, watch God closely every move he makes and do exactly what he does, how he does it. He's saying, imitate God, mimic God, copy God, if you will. Now, of course, right off the bat, we must start here. There are things that only God can do that we cannot do. He is an infinite creator with no bounds and restraints. We are finite creatures, uh, confined to time and space. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. So, for example, God is omnipresent, as we say. That just means he is everywhere. 
but we have bodies with physical dimensions. So we can't be in two different places at the same time, whereas God can. So when Paul says, be imitators of God, be mimickers of God, he cannot mean that we are to imitate God in every respect. Then what does Paul mean? Can he be more specific than that? Yes, he can, and he does. He says, therefore, be imitators of God, be mimickers of God as beloved children, and walk in love. Paul says, when you watch God, he's the kind of God who always walks in love. Now, watch God closely as he walks in love and imitate him, mimic him, copy him. Now, here's another thing that's interesting. Why didn't Paul just say love? I mean, he could have done that, right? He could have commanded us, therefore, be imitators of God, love one another. But he says, instead he says, walk in love. Why the metaphor of walking? Friends, I think Paul is doing something here. He's deliberately choosing this metaphor of walking to tell us something about the nature of this love. Now watch. I'm not going to do the moonwalk, but I'm going to walk. I'm walking. As you can see, there is nothing spectacular about walking. There is nothing out of ordinary about walking. You simply put one foot after another, and there you go. I'm walking. Now, think with me for a minute. Let's say you were to run or to jump. It will take more conscious effort for you to do that than walking, right? Your minds have to be prepared for it. It needs to be alert, and your body tenses up, and your muscle gets ready, and then you run or you jump. But walking, for most of us, comes natural. It almost takes no thought to start walking or keep walking. I mean, I can talk while I walk. But if I'm running or jumping, it would be kind of hard for me to talk at the same time. So when Paul says, and walk in love, he's telling us love must be as natural as walking is to Christians. Let me say that again. When Paul says, walk in love, he's saying love must be as natural as walking for Christians. Now, this is convicting. Paul is asking us, really, the Holy Spirit is asking us at this very moment, Christ Church, are you walking in love? As opposed to running in love or jumping in love. Here's the difference. You can think of someone probably in your life, uh, maybe he or she is from your family or your workplace or school. You know, someone who is difficult to love. So, 
Um, you put up with this person, but only for a definite period of time. So you tell yourself when this person comes into the room or when this person joins the conversation, you tell, you tell yourself, okay, just for this time, just for this place, just for this occasion, I'm just going to muster up every ounce of love I have and love this person so hard. That would be like running in love. We're jumping in love. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's good and is necessary, especially for holiday family gatherings. <laughs> But walking in love is something different than that. Paul is saying the Christian love must be as natural and consistent as walking is. And that's what characterizes God, and we are to mimic Him, imitate Him. He's saying the Christian love must be so consistent and so natural that it's a day by day, week by week, year by year kind of love. So, Christ Church, do you have a track record of consistent love? If you were to ask your closest friend or your family member, be it your spouse or one of your children, would he or she say that you are a loving person? If you were to ask your coworker or your colleague, your customer, your client, your classmates, or your employer or your employees, would they describe you as someone who walks? in love. And as if that is not hard enough, Paul takes this command to the next level. He shows us the pattern of love. Let's remind ourselves of today's passage again, shall we? Please repeat after me. Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children, and walk in love. As Christ, loved us. as Christ loved us. Now, God doesn't just talk about walking in love, but He actually showed us what walking in love looks like on the earth in human flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. At Grace Hill Church, the church that I serve as a pastoral intern and a privilege of worshiping, um, at Grace Hill Church, we've been going through the Gospel of Mark together. It's been quite some time. Uh, about a couple of years, we're in chapter 12, so we're almost there. But what's cool about that is each Sunday, we have been seeing Jesus walking in love. Every thought Jesus had, every feeling Jesus felt, every word Jesus spoke, every action Jesus took, all of these were infused with love. You could say when you take Jesus, reverently speaking, and when life squeezed Jesus, in fact, when death squeezed Jesus, what leaked out of him naturally was love. Jesus walked in love. And that's not even that accurate of a statement. Maybe what's more accurate is love walked among us. And Paul is saying, 
course, you can't see God. He's invisible. So it would be difficult for us to imitate God in that sense. But you could see Jesus. I mean, the first century disciples and the followers, um, they actually saw Jesus with their eyes, touched Jesus with their hands, heard Jesus with their eyes. And in a very real, real sense, all of us can see Jesus and hear Jesus in the words of Scripture. And Paul is saying, watch Jesus. Watch carefully the way he walks and imitate him, mimic him, copy him. That's how you imitate God. It's almost as if Jesus has done the love walk and he turns around and says, it's your turn. Go do likewise. Now, this creates a problem. This creates a problem for me because, to be honest with you, full disclosure, I'm a sinner. So love, walking in love, does not come naturally to me. Oftentimes, it seems like, it's been my experience, maybe not yours, but it takes strenuous effort just to take one little step in walking in love, and then I'm exhausted, tired, and weary. Now, what gets in the way of walking in love? I'm sure there are many different reasons why we fail to walk in love, but I think that can be boiled down into two broad reasons, pride and fear. Now, for some of us, pride prevents us from walking in love. So we try to love this person, we pour our life into this person, we try to care for this person, and then we say, look at this person, how she is responding to me, how he is behaving in front of me, how he is being ungrateful. This person doesn't deserve my love. So pride gets in the way of walking in love. But for others of us, Fear paralyzes us from walking in love. Again, we, we try to love this person. We try to pour our life into this person. We try to care for this person. And all we get in return seems like a world of hurt. And we just can't do it anymore. We're scared. We are frozen. We are paralyzed by fear. So pride gets in the way of walking in love. Fear gets in the way uh, uh, of walking in love. And we fail to imitate God. And if you're like me, I go back and forth between these two poles, even in one day. So this is our predicament. We are on a stage, and God is the judge, and Paul is shouting to us, do the love walk. Do the love walk. Jesus just did his love walk. It's your turn. Do the love walk. But we can't. Our minds are drawing blank. We're having stage fright. And we can't move a muscle. So what do we do? How do we do the love walk? Well, that takes us to the third and last step 
the power for love. Let's remind ourselves of today's passage once more. Therefore, be imitators of God. As beloved children, and walk in love, as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Thank you. If Jesus was just an example, his example would absolutely crush us. But that's how the world sees Jesus even today, right? The people say that Jesus is a teacher of love, an example of love, and they say, look at the life that Jesus lived, the life of love. It's inspiring. All of us should aspire to live like Jesus, and the world will be a better place. I agree with that. Yes and amen. But the question the burning question for me is this. Have you tried to love like Jesus? Have you tried? Because when I tried, I just can't seem to walk in love. If Jesus was just a pattern of love, then he's like a map. The map can tell you where you need to be, your destination, and where you currently are, there you're off the path and you're far away from the destination, but the map is not going to give you the energy, the strength, the power you need each day to put one foot after another to walk in love from where you currently are to where you need to be. If Jesus was just an example, just a pattern, then he can't help us. But friends, if Jesus is a living person, that he not only offers us the pattern of love, but also the power for love, then there is hope for you and for me. What did Paul call Jesus in today's passage? Paul called Jesus a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Jesus didn't come to do the love walk and then sit back and say, it's your turn now. You go ahead and do it. Let me see how well you do it. Let me see if you can measure up. Let me see if you're good enough to have a seat next to me. That was not Jesus' posture. That's not how Jesus related to us. But Jesus came to this, to this earth to do the love walk that we failed to do in our exact footsteps. From beginning to end, Jesus walked in love because we couldn't. And no matter how many failures you have had, no matter how much you stumbled in your love walk, Jesus had taken upon himself all of that and offered his life as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God to make up for our failures what the Bible calls sin, self-centeredness, selfishness. And Paul says it was not just 
an offering, but a fragrant offering. It was pleasing to God. God saw Jesus do the love walk in our place, and he delighted in him. He said to Jesus, son, that was amazing. That love walk was perfect. And I see that you did that for my people, for your people, for our people, for Jay, for you. So I will take the love walk that you did as if they had done it perfectly. And I will accept them because of what you've done. If you believe this, Christ Church, then everything changes. And this is what I mean. If you believe that Jesus was only an example, only a pattern, then God is still the judge. You are on a stage. You are a contestant. You are given one life to do the love walk as best as you can, and you will try to show the very best moves that you have you will give all you've got in this one lifetime. And after you die, God will give you either O or X. Pass or fail. Heaven or hell. But friends, if you believe that Jesus was more than an example, if you believe that Jesus was more than a pattern, but he was a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God for you, then God is no longer a judge. But he is your father. You are no longer a contestant, but you are his beloved child. You are no longer on a stage, but you are at home with your family. You are no longer being judged and condemned at the end. But you are loved, accepted, and embraced by your heavenly Father. This changes everything. Now, this was brought to home to me when I became a father. I have a daughter. She's going to turn three in October. Her name is Chaylin. And when Chaylin first started to walk... She didn't get it the first time. I mean, he, he, she didn't, she didn't uh, walk perfectly the first time. I mean, I mean, she could stand, but her body would be shaking, and her, her legs were wobbly, and he, she would take one tiny step forward, and then she would fall, or she would stumble, or she would fail. Now, when she did that, as a father, did I berate her? Did I humiliate her? Did I shame her? Did I say, how can't you get this right? Walking is so easy. How can't you get this right already? No, absolutely not. No parent would do that. In fact, when she first started walking, I was on the edge of my seat. I was saying, wow, she is walking. I was saying, look at her go. 
every little step she took, my heart was just bursting with joy and wonder and awe. And I was, I was telling my wife, Jessalyn, look, watch this. She's walking. She's walking. Christchurch, don't you see? If you believe that Jesus is more than an example, if you believe Jesus is more than a pattern, but he is a person, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, then that's exactly how your heavenly Father sees you. When you take even one little step in walking in love. You're going to fail, no doubt. You're going to fall. You're going to stumble. And maybe you already failed this morning on the way to church. Maybe you were short with your wife. Or maybe you snapped at your kids. But even when you fail, your Heavenly Father will be there to catch you, to forgive you, to love on you, and to say, it's okay. I forgive you. My son died for you. My spirit rests upon you. Get up, my son. Get up, my daughter. We can do the love walk again. I have given you everything you need. There's no room for pride anymore when you see God not as judge, but as a father. Whatever you do, no matter how well you do in your love walk, that's not going to diminish your father's love for you, nor add to your father's love for you. You're perfectly loved and accepted in Jesus Christ already. There is no room, absolutely no room for fear. And there is no room for fear. I know it hurt. I know you're scared. I know you're afraid to approach that person again. I know you are scared to have that difficult conversation with that person again. But you now go there as a beloved child. You now move in to, to this conversation, to this occasion, to this place, to this relationship perfectly loved, accepted, embraced, and secure in your Father's love. And that changes everything. So Jesus is a person who not only offers us a pattern, but also a power for love. Christ Church, do you see? We have everything we need to start walking in love again. This is my word to you as we close our time together. However imperfect your steps will be this week, and they will be imperfect, just remember, when you give a soft answer to an angry toddler, when you turn to your spouse and say, I'm sorry, first, when you refuse to participate in gossip at work, when you invite the kid who doesn't seem to have a lot of friends to join in the fun with you, in other words, when you start taking steps in walking in love, your Father rejoices over you. He already does. 
even when you fail, even when you stumble, even when you fall, he catches you and says, let's do it again. We can do this. All because of Jesus, my son. And all because he is a fragrant offering and sacrifice to me. So rest in this, Christ Church, as we, as we go out from here. God, your Father, walks in love toward you. He has already done so, even during this time. Let's pray. Abba, Father, again, it's a miracle that you are our Father. We know that our walk is not at all characterized by love. I know that for myself when I look at my own life, how selfish I can be, how self-centered I have been. But Father, you are walking in love with me, for me, and toward me. You are walking in love with us, for us, and toward us in the person of Jesus Christ. Make us a people of love. Let us be known by the love that we have for one another. So the world would, would say, how can these people love one another like this and help us to have a reason for the hope that we have to tell them? Because my Father rejoices over me. Because my Father walks in love with me. Join me. We invite you. And if there are those who do not know God as their father, if there are those here who know God only as the judge, oh, Father, we pray, may you call them out of darkness into your marvelous light and join this pilgrimage that we are on together as Christ Church with the church worldwide, including the persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. Let us be known by the walk of love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.